Hello, I'm Carol, and this is Sound News broadcasting from the Old Man's Studio in Church Street, Portadown. This production is for the week ending Saturday the 1st of April, and on behalf of everyone here on the Craig Avon Talking newspaper team, welcome to this week's programme. The stories making the headlines this week are from the Portadown Times, Pride Motion dubbed Stunt, and from the Lurgan Mail, similar story. Now over to Roberta, who brings you our first story. Unionist councillors have voted down a proposed annual Pride event in the borough, branding it a political stunt. Alliance's councillor Peter Lavery brought a motion before the council's March monthly meeting on Monday, calling on the local authority to look into taking part in Belfast Pride and explore the possibility of establishing a local event. It read, This council recognises the contribution made to our borough by the LGBTQ plus citizens and rejects forms of discrimination against the LGB plus Q community. To show our support for equality and acceptance, this council commits to exploring participation in LGBTQ plus Pride events, including exploring with the organisers of Belfast Pride for Armagh City, Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council to participate in their parade with other public bodies on annual basis and exploring the possibility of organising a local event to mark Pride in our borough at an appropriate point in the calendar year on an annual basis. Councillor Lacery said taking steps to include pride in the council's annual calendar of events would go a long way towards recognising the valuable contribution our LGBTQ plus citizens make to our borough, adding, as well as showing that our borough is an open and welcoming place for everyone, a vibrant and local pride event could attract visitors to our borough in a positive way. Council participating in the Belfast Pride event, which is the biggest LGBTQT plus event of the year in Northern Ireland, would strengthen the organisation's corporate message of inclusion. Seconding the motion, party legal colleague, Councillor Jessica Johnson said, participation in Pride events would show we are continuing to promote equality and acceptance in civic life. A supportive Sinn Féin councillor, Paul Duffy, recalled bringing a motion as deputy mayor for council to send a delegation to Pride. Unfortunately, because it was called in, he said, we missed the event. But I do recall that council got an awful lot of bad press for missing it, which, in my opinion, did have impact on our bid for City of Culture. I would hope that this time round, Council will support this motion. However, the DUP's Alderman Stephen Moutry accused the Alliance Party of a shameless use of a minority group for electoral purposes, adding, the Alliance Party has proved in the four years they have been here that they are more divisive than any other party. They have brought this motion to the chamber tonight and the outcome, if they win, will create a hierarchy of one section of the community. Our party will not support that. 
It is estimated that 2% of the people of Northern Ireland are LGBTQ+. It is patently wrong that this section of the community gets such considerable recognition when others do not. We will oppose this motion. The SDLP's councillor Thomas O'Hanlon wondered how it was envisaged that a local Pride event might be organised, but was otherwise in favour. Ulster Unionist Alderman Jim Spears said the UUP would not be in fa- would not be in favour of a motion he viewed as being used to create a bit of controversy, adding, "As such, I would have no desire to become involved in a discussion about it. It is purely being brought forward on the mouth of an election." to try and endear the party to a group of people within the community. I would hope council treats all people in a similar way and rejects all forms of discrimination against anyone. Confirming he had already heard from individuals and groups who wished to be involved, Councillor Lavery insisted the motion was not about grabbing headlines. It is about grabbing our brothers and sisters in the LGBTQ plus community and standing shoulder to shoulder with them in the face of inequality, he said. I think the LGBTQ plus community have been through a significant amount in the last number of decades. From being considered illegal, they have been demonised, marginalised, treated with disgust and they continue to face discrimination. Some issues have been raised about the timing of this motion, but it was the DUP and the UUP who limited councillors to only bringing one motion per year. And in this, the third meeting of the year, I am bringing forward my motion. I think it would be helpful to our borough and would plead with members to support this motion as presented. Fifteen councillors present from the Alliance Party, SDLP and Sinn Féin, voted in favour of the motion, but with 21 against from DUP, UUP and independent unionist Paul Berry, it failed to pass. We have the Rota Chemist. During the week ahead, urgent prescriptions will be dispensed at the following addresses, starting with Portadown. On Sunday the 2nd of April, the chemist is Partridge of West Street, which is open from 11 until 12 noon. Next week, from Monday the 3rd of April, the chemist is Anderson's of Thomas Street, which is open until 7pm. There is no rota chemist in Portadown after Wednesday. However, we would ask you to be aware that next weekend, which is the Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, the 9th, 10th and 11th of April, is the Easter weekend. The chemist on the Sunday is Anderson's of Thomas Street, and that would continue for the Monday and Tuesday. Over in Lurgan, residents can collect prescribed medicines on Sunday the 2nd of April when the chemist is Boots of High Street, which is open from 7 till 8pm. Next week, from Monday the 3rd of April, the chemist is McKeagney's of Edward Street, which is open until 7pm. As with the um, Portadown, the chemist for Sunday, which would be Easter Sunday, is also McKeagney of Edward Street and they would be the emergency chemist for Sunday, Monday and Tuesday the 9th, 10th and 11th of April as it's the Easter weekend. There is no rota chemist in Lurgan on a Wednesday and none in either town on Saturday. Sunday opening applies in both towns for public holidays. Sped at 89 miles per hour 
a Greg Avon driver detected traveling at 89 miles per hour on the M1 near Dungannon has been fined £150 at Dungannon Magistrates Court. Finbar Wells, aged 26, from Drumbeg was also fined £300 with six penalty points and a £15 offender's levy for having no insurance. The court heard that on December 8th last year, at about quarter past four, four police near Junction 15, Stangmore roundabout detected a car traveling at 89, mi 89 miles per hour. Prosecuting counsel said checks showed there was no insurance for the car, which the, the defendant explained he had purchased within the previous hour and was driving home from Enniskillen. A defense lawyer said Wells had believed he was insured and, and after being stopped by the police, had immediately arranged insurance by the roadside. She, she said he apologized for the speed and she pleaded with the court not to impose a disqualification as the defendant required his, his license. A commitment by the Department for Infrastructure, DFI, to resurface streets in parts of Lurgan appears to be dependent on money available in the next budget. Sinn Féin representative Mary O'Dowd welcomed the commitment from DFI Roads to resurfacing in Shankill after she highlighted the poor condition of streets in the Lurgan estate. Following the requested inspection, DFI Roads confirmed that a number of areas have been identified for resurfacing and these have added to the resurfacing list, she said. Areas include Shankill Street, Rampart Street, Cherry Tree Walk, Hawthorne Avenue, Cypress Gardens, Beaumont Square, Elmwood Terrace, Silverwood Drive and Oakfield Terrace. While I welcome the news these streets are to be resurfaced, the question arises as to when it will happen, added Mrs O'Dowd. A DFI spokesperson said... Roads in the Shankill area of Lurgan will be considered by the Department for Inclusion in future programmes of resurfacing, along with other competing priorities in the area. Regular inspections of the road network, including in the Lurgan area, are continuing and defects which meet the intervention level will be taken forward for repair. Programmes of works including resurfacing for the 2023-24 financial year cannot be finalised until the department has received a budget allocation. Once the budget is confirmed, a programme of works for the Armagh, Banbridge and Craigavon Council area will be included within the Roads Council report that will then be presented to Council published on the department's website and also placed in the Assembly Library. ABC Borough is one of the top 10 UK hotspots for emergency hospital admissions and deaths due to lung conditions, according to new analysis naming it the third worst area in the UK for respiratory deaths. Launching its End the Lung Health Lottery campaign, Asthma and Lung UK Northern Ireland analysed and ranked the latest rates of emergency, hospital admissions and deaths from conditions including asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and respiratory infections like flu and pneumonia, 
for 216 UK local authorities. Off the back of its shocking new analysis, the charity is urging the Department of Health to develop a lung health strategy. Anushka Black, who lives in Craigavon, said it took a near-fatal asthma attack for her to realise how dangerous the condition could be. I now want to help raise awareness of the seriousness of asthma and campaign for better care in my area, she said. I was just five when I was diagnosed with asthma. Many of my friends and family have it, including my partner and two of our children. People don't really take it seriously as it's so common where we live. Seeing this report really hit home. It made me think, why is it so bad here? What can be done to protect our children in the future? Three years ago, I had a nearly fatal asthma attack. It was terrifying. I was admitted onto the respiratory ward where I spent five days on oxygen. One of my lungs almost collapsed and I was minutes away from death. It's important to me that I share my experience to hopefully help make a difference. I hope in the future there's more action to prevent people getting lung conditions, such as tackling air pollution. We shouldn't wait until people get sick before we help them. There must be a better way. Joseph Carter, head of Asthma and Lung UK Northern Ireland, said, It's appalling that people across Northern Ireland are struggling to breathe, are being rushed to hospital in an emergency, and that so many are dying avoidably from their lung conditions. We know that people in more deprived areas are more likely to have worse lung health, often with no choice but to live in poorer quality housing, <coughs> more polluted areas with higher smoking rates. We need to tackle the lung health lottery head on. To do better, the executive must get back to work and address the stark inequality of lung health and ensure the NHS has the resources to support its dedicated staff. People at risk of or living with lung conditions can't simply move to improve their lung health. It is health inequality we must battle. We must ensure people living with a lung condition get an early diagnosis, have help quitting smoking, can breathe good quality air and receive the right support and treatment to manage their lung condition well. We're here to help everyone with a lung condition, wherever they are, and we want to urge everyone to take lung conditions seriously by joining our End the Lung Health Lottery campaign. To find out more about the End the Lung Health Lottery campaign, go to www.asthmaandlung.org.uk forward slash end lung health lottery. Logall Warehouse Proposal Lodged Arama City, Bambridge and Craigavon Borough Council's planners are currently considering an application to extend a covered yard at a BMW garage and showroom in Craigavon. Lodged by Agent C.T. Lindsay Chartered Architect on behalf of applicant Arma Self Storage. The application seeks to erect a warehouse and an associated site works at lands 85 meters north of 93 Ballingassi Road, Greenan. According to the application form, the 0 0.5 Hector site is currently in use as an existing storage yard. Water will be supplied to the premises 
via the mains system with surface water disposed of via existing storm drains. The application form also notes there will be no requirement for the disposal of foul sewage at the site. At present, there is a gross floor space of 319.8 meters 2 at the site and the application is seeking to add 360.11 meters 2 to the premises for a total gross floor space of 678.91 meters 2. The increase is likely to lead to a doubling of the current number of vehicles attending the site on a daily basis with two staff vehicles and 20 customer vehicles now expected. This increase in the number of vehicles attending the site is also likely to see an increase in the number of people attending the site on a daily basis with one employee and 10 others attending the site daily. Lodged and validated on January 25th, the application's neighbor consultation period will expire on April 3rd while its standard consultation period will end today. March 31st. The application will be advertised until April 7th. News that part of the road surface at Pines Park in Lurgan is to be resurfaced marks an end to fully a decade of lobbying for the work to be done, according to Upper Ban MP Carla Lockhart. The DUP's Mrs Lockhart this week welcomed an announcement that part of the development was to be resurfaced. She was delighted, she said, at securing a commitment from the Department for Infrastructure to resurface a significant stretch. Mrs Lockhart explained that some 300 metres was to be resurfaced as part of the Avenue Road resurfacing scheme scheduled to take place in July and August this year. It is 10 years since I first started to lobby for the resurfacing of Pines Park, she said. So to get this commitment at long last is long overdue. The road is in a terrible condition and has been for many years. The MP said that when the Department of Infrastructure gave a commitment to resurface Lurgan's Avenue Road, she had seen it as an opportunity for the department to address her concerns about Pines Park. I am glad this work will be done for residents, she added, noting that the number of other matters were yet to be addressed. I know there remains outstanding issues with regards to the width of the entrance into the development and the resurfacing of Pines Close, Pines Grove and Pines Court, she said. An ABC councillor has requested further information about the cleaning schedule for Craigavon's active travel network, known locally as the Black Paths. Speaking at Council's monthly meeting on Monday, March the 27th, Councillor Peter Lavery told the Chamber he had received numerous complaints about the cleanliness of the active travel routes and asked for details of the cleaning schedule. The Alliance Party Councillor also ser- sought assurances that cleaning work was being carried out when it was supposed to be. Like many members, I have received numerous complaints about the cleansing of the Black Pass segregated cycle network in Craigavon, he said. It seems to be becoming a continuous issue. I spoke to Jonathan Hayes, 
Interim Director of Strategic Neighbourhood Services earlier and would like him to circulate round what the cleaning schedule is for the various sections of the Black Path Network in the past few months. If the schedule has not been met, can officers also detail what it is they are doing? What measures are being put in place to ensure the cleaning does take place when it is required? Mr Hayes said responsibility for the active travel network ultimately rested with the Department for Infrastructure, the DFI, but confirmed he would be happy to obtain the information requested. I'm happy to engage with the DFI as the paths are owned and maintained by the DFI and I will certainly pick that up with the department and come back to members with the information requested, he said. Passport portal confirmed. News that a dedicated portal will be set up for public representatives in Northern Ireland to follow up on queries regarding Irish passports has been welcomed, welcomed by Sinn Féin. Upper ban MLA John O'Dowd said Tanaist Michelle Martin had, had confirmed plans to open a, open a dedicated portal. Last year, there were 128,000 passport applications from the north, said Mr. O'Dowd. Some 50,000 of these were first-time applications. Mr. Martin has confirmed that at this moment in time, applications from the north are consistently running at approximately 10% of the total number of applications received by the passport office. This new service will allow MLAs for the first time to contact a communications hub in the passport office in Dublin on a dedicated portal line to follow up on inquiries from citizens in the north who have submitted applications for Irish passports. While these represents an important development, there is a need for an Irish passport office in the north to deal with the volume of applications. ABC Borough Council's Chief Executive is to write to the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, urging him to find the money to maintain the community transport service. The decision for Roger Wilson to write to Chris Heaton Harris MP was taken at the Council's monthly meeting on Monday, March the 27th, on the proposal of Councillor Sam Nicholson, who described the community transport service as a lifeline throughout our local communities. The service which provides transport to elderly and disabled passengers in rural areas is at risk of closure at the end of April as the Department for Infrastructure, DFI, which previously gave the service 2.2 million in annual funding, cannot do so in 2023-24. As a board member of Armagh Rural Transport Limited, Councillor Nicholson said he had seen firsthand how vital the service was for people living in rural areas. In many rural areas, there is simply no other form of transport available, he said. These services ensure that some of the most vulnerable in our society are able to access essential services and enable them to participate in the life of the wider community, reducing social isolation. This news is a great worry for users of the service. 
as so many regard it as a lifeline in their day-to-day activities, including necessary health appointments. My ask that as our Chief Executive Roger Wilson writes to the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland, Chris Heaton, Harris MP, as we are led to believe he is control, in control of the budget. This cut will supposedly represent a £2 million saving across Northern Ireland and I am sure rural councillors here will agree this is a service that is well worth retaining. I am asking the Chief Executive to write to the Secretary of State urging him to ensure adequate funding is maintained for what is a very cost-effective service and ensure its continued sustainability in the future. The Chamber unanimously supported Councillor Nicholson's proposal. Politicians have voiced deep concern and disappointment at plans to scrap the Happy Healthy Minds School Counselling Service in April. The Healthy Happy Minds Therapeutic and Counselling Service pilot launched by the Minister for Education in November 2021 to provide counselling and other therapies is reportedly unlikely to continue after March. Alliance Upper Ban MLA Ian Tennyson spoke of deep disappointment at news that the Healthy Happy Minds programme was at risk of being scrapped in light of significant budget cuts within the Department of Education. Healthy Happy Minds is a fantastic and much-needed programme offering vital support to our most vulnerable children and young people, he said. It's a sorry state of affairs that this scheme is now being put at risk due to budget cuts. Alliance has long called for counselling services in primary schools and we strongly believe this is the most effective way to support those children who are in the greatest need. With Healthy Happy Minds putting such an emphasis on early intervention, they are making an immediate difference to the mental health of our children and young people and are in turn improving their quality of life and general life chances going forward. With that in mind, the scheme also then has the potential to play an important role in saving public money which would otherwise be spent on more extensive interventions in adulthood. Education services in Northern Ireland have been starved of adequate funding for many years and we are already in a situation where spending on pupils in Northern Ireland is lower than any other part of the UK. Our most vulnerable children and young people should not be the casualties of budgetary uncertainty and cuts. Alliance has raised the issue of funding for Healthy Happy Minds consistently and robustly with both the Department of Education and the Education Authority on several occasions. Across all sectors, the consequences of not having a devolved government are increasingly clear. We urgently need to see the restoration of a functioning executive and assembly in order to see decisive action taken in relation to schemes such as this. Sinn Féin Portadown representative Claire McConville-Walker said cuts to the Happy Healthy Mind School counselling service are hugely disappointing. As a teacher myself, I know loss of this important service will have a negative impact on children and remove vital mental health support for young people in our schools. Sinn Féin has made that clear to the Department of Education and highlighted the need for more investment in young people's mental health. 
a Department of Education spokesperson <laughs> said the Healthy Happy Minds therapeutic and counselling pilot is operating until the end of March 2023. The project is subject, sorry, the programme is subject to an independent evaluation and the DE is expecting this to be completed by the end of March 2023. Current indications are that the DE will be given an extremely challenging budget outcome for 2023-24, and therefore it is unlikely that the department will be in a position to continue with this pilot after the end of March. Maximise Euro's potential S. Sinn Féin has urged RMR Banbridge and Craigavon Council to maximise the potential to host fans attending the Euro 2028 finals if the bid is successful. Following a Windsor Park meeting with the Irish Football Association, IA, and the Gaelic Athletic Association, GAA, the party's councillor, Liam Mackle, said the area was ideally placed to benefit from a, from a successful bid for Britain and Ireland to host Euro 2028 football finals. The bid to host Euro 2028 in Britain and, and Ireland with the possibility of several fixtures being held in the north is an exciting opportunity that cannot be missed, he said. While ABC is unlikely to host any of the matches influx of football fans and tourists that will come will need accommodation, food, drinks and entertainment. ABC Council is ideally placed to accommodate the needs of the fans as we are located in the main rail and road network connecting the two main cities on this island. I will be writing to the chief executive of the council asking for a working group to be established to see how we maximize the potential for the business, businesses and workers of the bur borough if a successful bid being landed. The executive must be restored now and a sports minister in place that is fully focused on seizing this opportunity. All parties must work together in council and around the executive table to realize the major potential that delivering this tournament will have, will have on our economy and in promoting local sports on the world stage. Having first spoken to the family of Lurgan murder victim Natalie McNally, the SDLP's councillor Declan McAlinden has brought before ABC Council a motion aimed at making the borough more safe, fair and equal for all women. At the local authorities' March monthly meeting on Monday, where his motion won unanimous support, Councillor McAlinden asked that the Council send its sympathies to Natalie's family and the families of Alicia Nazarova, murdered at her Portadown home last Tuesday, and Laura Marshall, who was murdered in Lurgan seven years ago. Also that it express its concern at the rising number of violent acts perpetrated against women and welcome the increased legislative framework to better protect women and girls. His motion called on the Council to write to the Northern Ireland Secretary to ask that any new executive invest improving service provision for victims of domestic abuse. 
It urged the Council to work with voluntary organisations to promote the wider campaign to address violent acts against women and to ensure it had an up-to-date anti-harassment policy for all Council facilities and Council-run events, while asserting a belief that it should set the precedent for all hospitality venues, workplaces and events in the borough to do the same. It called to for a commitment that uh, elected representatives and officers would undertake training on the realities facing victims of sexual harassment and gender-based violence. The vast majority of the 17 women murdered in Northern Ireland since 2010, said Councillor McAlinden, had been killed in their own homes by a close friend or partner. We must tackle the culture and behaviours that have enabled these crimes to continue, he said. Tougher sentencing is only part of the answer. We all have a role to play. Seconding the proposal, Councillor Grania O'Neill said no woman should have to live in fear. We should be able to feel safe in our homes, at work or school, or on a night out with friends, she said. Several recent high-profile incidents have proved this is not the case and that should be a wake-up call to people right across our society about how much work we have to do to tackle this issue. Sinn Féin councillor Brona Hawhey said, Violence against women is an epidemic and is a societal problem. Women and girls have lived in fear forever and we support and welcome this motion. UUP councillor Julie Flaherty said the motion was one the local authority needed to stand squarely behind, while Alliance's councillor Jessica Johnson said aspects of this motion, such as commitment to training on the realities of sexual harassment and gender-based violence, are some really important steps that we can take. DUP councillor Margaret Tinsley confirmed her party would 100% support the motion. Bringing the debate to a close, Councillor McAlinden thanked members for their support and revealed he had talked about it with the McNally family prior to bringing it before the Chamber. I shared this motion with Noel McNally last week and he was in a way delighted we are bringing this forward, he said. I want to thank you all for supporting this tonight and hopefully it will bring some comfort to victims' families going forward. Obituaries. Lurgan native Monsignor Arthur Byrne, who helped spearhead the restoration of St Peter's Church, has died peacefully in Craigavon Area Hospital. Formerly parish priest at St Peter's Parish in Lurgan, Monsignor Byrne was a scholarly man whose 10 years in the parish were marked by the modernising of parish structures, expanding of St Coleman's Cemetery and the beginning of the restoration work of St Peter's Church. A statement from St Peter's and St Paul's parishes of Lurgan, which have since amalgamated, said, We are saddened to learn of the death of our former parish priest of St Peter's, Monsignor Arthur Byrne, this morning. As parish priest from 1992 to 2002, he would have prayed and preached often on the words of Jesus from today's Gospel. I am the resurrection and life. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Monsignor Byrne, a native of St Peter's Parish, was appointed parish priest in September 1992. 
Local historian Frank McCory said a classical scholar, Monsignor Byrne, had, had served as administrator of Newry Parish with distinction and came to Lurgan with an abundance of pastoral and administrative experience. His 10 years in St Peter's Shankill were marked by the modernising of parish structures, full support for all church-related organisations in the parish, the necessary expansion of an already large St Coleman Cemetery and leadership in a variety of devotional practices which once again became an integral part of parish life. A splendid new parochial house was erected for the parish curates, the old St Peter's School was tastefully refurbished and a major programme of exterior maintenance was begun on the cathedral-like St Peter's Church. Six months after celebrating his golden jubilee in priesthood, Monsignor Byrne resigned his appointment on December 31st, 2002. The very Reverend Dean Arthur Byrne was the dearly beloved son of the late Thomas and Barbara Byrne, Castor Bay Road Lurgan, and much-loved brother of Moya McVeigh, Edith O'Neill and the late Edna Downing. Requiem Mass was celebrated on Wednesday with internment afterwards in St Coleman's Cemetery. <coughs> former Armagh City Mayor Tendrigy Mann and former Mayor of Armagh City James Jimmy Clayton has died. Mr Clayton, who served as an Ulster Unionist councillor on the legacy Armagh, Armagh City and District Council, also served as Mayor in the millennium year 2000, a re retired service administrator, he died peacefully in hospital on March 24th. Late of Willow Grove Nursing Home and formerly of Wayside Tandrigee, Jimmy was the beloved son of the late William and Minnie Clayton and dearly loved brother of Billy and the late Edward Wirt, dear brother-in-law of Sh Shyla and uncle of Karen, Jimmy and Julie. A funeral service was he held for Mr. Clayton in Ballymore Parish Church Hall, Tandergy, yesterday, Thursday, Thursday, March 30th, followed by committal in the adjoining ch churchyard. Craig Evans Senior High School is celebrating after picking up the Ulster Under-16 High School's rugby trophy following an emphatic win victory over Balamone High School at the Kingspan Stadium. The two sides had previously met in the semi-final of the Pollock Cup in a tightly contested game where the senior high won 26-19. The senior high had to cope with the losses of captain and centre Ted McQuitty, full-back Dylan Adamson and utility-back Hayden Smith, prior to the game through injury and illness. The senior high team kicked off towards the Aquinas end and immediately stamped their authority on the game. After several phases, out-half Samuel Ruddle released captain James Beattie into open space before setting up Bailey Lappin to run in a fantastic opening score. It wasn't long after the restart that a fantastic counter-attack from Craig Avon in their own 22 released speedster Ben Robinson down the left-hand side for a sprint finish for the try line. A fantastic cover tackle from the Ballamoney centre caused Robinson to knock on just before the try line. 
This proved to be Robinson's last involvement in the match. Damaging his collarbone, he left the field. A few minutes later, Craig Avon had their second try. A well-worked backline move saw centre Matthew Gilfin sidestep his way through the defence to score just to the right of the posts. Using their win to their advantage in the second half, out-half Samuel Ruddle pinned the opposition into their own 22. After telling pressure, Craig Avon were awarded a penalty a few metres out. A tap penalty move straight off the training paddock was used to allow Captain James Beatty to crash over from close range to the elation of the coaching staff. The fourth try came a few minutes later. Great interplay between backs and forwards released wing Jacob Farr on an incredible run. A few phases later, after some industrial work by the forwards, it was James Beatty who barged over for his second try. From a penalty, Craigavon High School forwards recycled the ball well before influential number eight Alfie Thornton crashed over from close range to score. Replacement second row Aaron Conn rounded off the scoring five minutes from the end, gathering a loose line-out throw and powering his way over for his team's sixth and final try. It was a top-of-the-table clash at Allen Hill Park as Lurgan Celtic played host to FC Mindwell. It was Mindwell who triumphed with the only goal of the game. A well-marshalled defence, allied with work rate and physical presence in attack, saw the visitors' merit winning the three points on offer. Mindwell had the first chance of the contest with only four minutes on the clock. A drifted free kick to the far side of the Celtic box was headed back across the face of the goal and went behind for a bye ball when any touch would surely have seen the opener. Celtic were left to rue a glorious chance moments later when Captain Niall Lavery rattled the Mindwell post from distance and Gilmore latched onto the breaking ball before teeing up Reynolds, whose effort on goal looked destined for the far side of the net, only to shave the post and go wide. Mindwell took the lead with, with 10 minutes played. A combination of quick thinking by Mindwell and poor defending by Celtic allowed the ball to be played in behind the Celtic left-hand side of the defence and the cutback was emphatically dispatched into the net by striker McNeil. Thereafter, play became scrappy, although Celtic were struggling to get a rhythm and passing element to their game, Judge was visible in his efforts to drive the team forward. Mindwell were always threatening from set pieces and defensively were repelling any threat that Celtic tried to muster. <clears throat> With time ticking down in the opening period, Mindwell should have extended their lead. Several chances came and went without yielding a goal due to some last-ditch defending and poor finishing. Half-time saw the score read 1-0 to the visitors. On the first half showing, much improvement was needed by the hoops. Celtic introduced McConville into the fray and immediately he was involving himself and driving the team forward. It was a vastly improved opening quarter of an hour to the second period, albeit without asking enough questions of Mindwell netminder. Mindwell, again, should have extended their lead on the hour mark. A quick counter-attack saw Mindwell give clear sight of goal, 
but with many expecting to see the ball hit the Celtic net, keeper McGookin pulled off an excellent last-ditch save to prevent the goal. Several half-chances came the way of the home side, although they persistently failed to seriously test the mind-well goal. One Toman free kick midway through the half looked destined for the top corner of the mind-well net, only for Ruddy to acrobatically flick the ball over the crossbar. Another Withers header followed good work by substitute McAlinden was well saved by Ruddy as Celtic stepped up the pace of their attacks. <coughs> Excuse me. McGee and Toman were to the fore in trying to rescue the game for the hoops, but Mindwell were serving plenty of notice on the break that they could as easily score again as Celtic. Nymar had one glaring opportunity only yards from goal. A right-wing cross found him unmarked, but with the net at begging, his header cleared the crossbar. With time ticking down, the play became more frantic. That said, Mindwell were composed and well-organised in defence, seeing out the remaining time to secure the win and make a real statement of intent regarding their hopes of both promotion and the league title. Celtic will feel that they can play a lot better than displayed. They will need to put the defeat behind them and get back to the levels of performance they have been accustomed to. Yep, general story here. William Honoured. Portadown man William McElroy has been honoured at a formal ceremony at Hillsborough Castle for his long-standing contribution to the Queen's University Officers Training Corps and the Army Cadet Force. Corporal McElroy, who serves as an AC instructor, was awarded the Lieutenant's Certificate for Outstanding Meritorious Service Above and Beyond the Call of Duty, one of the highest accolades that can be conferred on members of the Reserve Forces and Cadet Movement. The citation praises Corporal McElroy for his unstinting and selfless support of countless young people over 36 years of service, reading, whether, call, whether called upon for logistic support or carrying out duties as part of the corpse shooting team or as a qualified rock climbing instructor, Corporal McElroy always rises to the challenge and is invariably prepared to go the extra mile even developing his skills as a profes professional builder to oversee maintenance and save on, on ex expense. Armagh City, Banbridge and Kegavin Borough Council's planners are currently considering an application from a football club seeking permission to retain its changing facilities. Launched by agent Simon Black Architecture Limited on behalf of the applicant Kregavin City Football Club, the application seeks permission for the retention of the club's changing facilities at Drumgore Park. According to the application form, the work started on the changing units at the 0.1 hectare site on February 21, 2021. It notes no previous application for a similar proposal exists on site. The total gross floor space of the changing facilities is 53 metres square. It can be accessed via an existing unaltered access for pedestrians to a public road. No parking spaces for vehicles are available on site and none are proposed as part of this application. 
lodged and validated on Friday, February the 24th. The application's neighbour consultation period expired on Wednesday, March the 22nd. Its standard consultation period expired on Tuesday, March the 28th. The application will be advertised until Friday, March the 31st. The murder in Portadown of Alicia Nazarova raised the total number of women killed in Northern Ireland since 2020 to 17, said Women's Aid Northern Ireland. The 37-year-old mother was found dead at her home in Church Street following a fire in the early hours of last Tuesday morning, March the 21st. Her 12-year-old daughter Olivia was rescued. A murder investigation has been launched and police arrested a 25-year-old man in connection with the incident. It comes just three months after the murder in Lurgan of expectant mother Natalie McNally, who was also found brutally murdered in her own home. One man has been charged in connection with her killing. In a statement, Women's Aid Northern Ireland asked anyone with information on last Tuesday's fire and murder to contact the PSNI. Women's Aid NI would like to express our sincerest condolences to the family and friends of Alicia Nazarova following her murder in Portadown, it read. Please know you are all in our thoughts at this most incredibly difficult time. Women and girls deserve to be safe in all areas of our society. Alicia is the 17th woman to be murdered in Northern Ireland since 2020 the vast majority of whom were also killed in their own homes. If you have any information at all, no matter how insignificant you think it is, that can help the police with their investigation, please contact them by dialing 101, as you may hold key information. A charity appeal to help a 12-year-old girl left homeless after a fire at her Portadown home and the murder of her mother is hoping to raise enough money to pay for her mother's funeral. It is understood the child, Olivia, was rescued from the house in Church Street in the early hours of last Tuesday morning, March the 21st, following a fire at her family home. A murder investigation has been launched after the child's mother, Alicia, was found dead at the property. One man, aged 25, was arrested in connection with the incident. Alicia's daughter, who was rescued from her burning home without even a pair of shoes, was taken to Craigavon Area Hospital. Last Wednesday, an appeal was launched by Giving Grace, a non-religious affiliated charity which has a shop in the same street as the fire. Director Lisa Marie said, I was shocked to hear that the child had nothing, not even shoes for her feet. And so we set about gathering clothes and toiletries for her. Since putting out the appeal, people have been so kind with donations of clothes, phones and money. Meanwhile, another fundraiser has been set up by friends of Alicia. Carolina Nazarova and another friend set up a GoFundMe page and said, this is an emergency appeal on behalf of Alicia, her daughter and her family in Portadown, County Armagh. Thursday night, a tragic incident took place where the young, single, 37-year-old woman was murdered and the house set on fire. Emergency services arrived at the scene where they also found a 12-year-old girl, Alicia's daughter, who was taken to hospital. 
Alicia was a kind young woman who deeply loved her family, especially her daughter, who is now left on her own without her mother. She was always willing to help others in need. We need your help, please. We're asking for support to help with funeral costs and to help a young girl with special needs who lost everything. The most loved person in her life due to this devastating event. The girl has been left with no single parent. Any donation, big or small, will help tremendously the family during this most difficult time. Our hearts are with Alicia's family and her daughter, who is currently in hospital. Lisa Marie from Giving Grace said, Since our appeal went out, we have been inundated with offers of help for Olivia. Rushmere Shopping Centre has offered a £250 voucher, which can be used in all outlets in the store. Peacocks and Eskies Repairs have also offered donations. For those who wish to help via Giving Grace, donations of money can be left into the shop and online banking donations are welcome at starlingbank.name.givinggrace.c.i.c. Account number 39729240. Sort code 608371. County Armagh Grand Orange Lodge is hosting an evangelical outreach initiative called Mission Orange next month. The week-long Gospel Mission in Tandragee District Orange Hall will be led by six of the County Grand Lodge chaplains starting Sunday afternoon, April the 23rd and running each evening at 8pm from April the 24th to the 28th on the theme of truth. Each service will be taken by one of the county chaplains and hosted in turn by the 11 district lodges with district lay chaplains reading the scriptures and local bands and solos taking part. The the offering will be for the Air Ambulance Northern Ireland after expenses. Sunday's opening service will be preceded by a 3pm parade to Tantragee District Orange Hall, led by Pride of the Birches Accordion Band and the County Standards. Brethren, sisters and junior lodge members are asked to assemble at Armagh Road, Tandragee at 2.45pm. The service will be hosted by the County Grand Lodge with the chaplain, worshipful brother, Reverend Dr Alan McCann, CGC. Scripture reader, worshipful brother, Stephen McNeil. And the soloist will be brother, Paul Berry. Monday the 24th of April, the service will be led by Portadown and Cady with Chaplain Worshipful Brother Reverend Graham Middleton, DCGC and Scripture Reader Worshipful Brother Ryan Harris. Also taking part are Cross Keys Victoria Flute Band and soloist Miss Joanna McCammon. Tuesday the 25th of April, the service will be led by Rich Helen Lurgan with Chaplain Worshipful Brother Reverend Morris Laverty, DCGC, and Scripture Reader Worshipful Brother Sandy Hewitt. Also taking part are Hamilton's Bond Silver Band and soloist Brother Stephen Anderson. Wednesday the 26th of April it will be the turn of Loch Gall and Killy Lay with Chaplain Worshipful Brother Reverend William Anderson, DCGC and scripture reader worship, worshipful brother David Coulter also taking part will be Killy Lay Silver Band 
and soloist brother Paul Elliott. Thursday the 27th of April it will be the turn of Tandragee and Newton Hamilton with chaplain, worshipful brother, Reverend David McLaughlin, DCGC and scripture reader, worshipful brother, Kyle Sylvie. Lurgan woman Michelle McGockley, who is recovering from cancer, raised more than £8,000 for charity with a sold-out fashion show. In her first fundraiser to give back to the charity, which has been with her throughout her illness, Michelle joined forces with family-run department store Alana Interiors to organise an event celebrating the latest trends in spring and summer fashions. She raised £8,150 for Macmillan Cancer Support. Michelle was diagnosed with a rare gastrointestinal cancer in 2018 and credits the health service and her NHS Sunflowers for giving her a second opportunity at life. The fundraising evening compared, compared by Aidan Brown brought together 200 people to celebrate local health service heroes for their work supporting people living with cancer. Audience members were treated to a welcome reception, goodie bag and entry to a prize draw worth a total value of £3,500, thanks to the generosity of local businesses. Gracing the catwalk alongside Michelle were six people who have been very influential in her life, including her GP, three nurses from the HPB unit of Belfast Trust, a member of Macmillan NI engagement team and a close friend also recovering with cancer. Most of this group, along with her amazing family and friends, had been with her since day one from diagnosis throughout treatments and are still supporting Michelle in her recovery now. Having medically retired from a career in marketing two years ago, Michelle says she's found her purpose and voice again by taking on a volunteer role with Macmillan. She's helping to shape Macmillan's work to improve cancer care across Northern Ireland. As a member of Macmillan's NI Cancer Experience team and as a peer facilitator, she helps to amplify the voice of people living with cancer. Michelle was honoured last year as a Royal Voluntary Service Platinum Champion, one of only 490 across the UK, celebrating people who make a real difference to communities with their kindness and generosity. It's wonderful to have seen so many people come out in support of the event and raise such an incredible amount of money for Macmillan, she said. They have been there with me throughout all the challenges. So too have my NHS sunflowers who looked after me with such incredible empathy, care and medical expertise throughout my journey. I organised this fundraiser to raise funds for Macmillan, but also to raise awareness of what Macmillan does for people living with cancer. They were there for me from day one of my diagnosis and just do whatever it takes for people living with cancer. They are one of the best travel companions you can have on this journey. Macmillan's Moira McLean said, We couldn't be more grateful to Michelle for raising an astonishing £8,150 and for her continued support for Macmillan. Michelle has poured her time and energy into creating a fabulous fashion show, bringing the community together, together in celebration, 
while showcasing her determination to make a positive difference for those who need support. Early intervention is the key to preventing further problems arising after separation. Family Mediation NI assists separated couples negotiate a way forward, co-parenting as separated parents. FMNI is the lead provider of impartial, confidential family mediation across NI. Professionally trained mediators work with separated parents to contribute to positive outcomes for children and families. Joan Davies, director of FMNI, states, A poorly managed separation can have a detrimental effect on some children and can act as a trigger for other problems for children, such as poor academic achievement and troubled behaviour. Empowering parents to reach their own agreements focusing on the children leads to better outcomes for all. Mediation provides a family-focused, cooperative process which helps both separating and divorcing couples agree on arrangements that assist parents moving forward into the future as separated parents and helps avoid bitter court battles. FMNI can help with building up mutual understanding and can help separated couples begin a new phase of communication based on the needs of their children. It has proven to be especially cost-effective when compared with the adversarial approach, with over 70% of those using mediation reaching an agreement. Working with a professional accredited mediator can help parents to have better, more productive communication about issues that are important to them, like scheduling time with their children, handovers, joint parenting decisions, wider family, holidays or introducing new partners. Whatever you want to discuss in family mediation in person or via Zoom with an accredited mediator, you are more likely to have a successful outcome. The mediator will create a safe place, discussions are managed, Ensure that both parents have an opportunity to say what needs to be said. Check that what has been said has been properly understood by the other. Make sure your issues are discussed. Assist with um, option generation. Help with reliability checking. Have a look at how to change things. If things don't go according to plan, use a facilitative model of mediation that enables both parents to take ownership of the process. Ensure that decisions are agreed are joint decisions. Write up agreements in plain English. This year's Murr's Carnival Parade in Lisburn on Saturday, April 22nd will have a majestic theme and will include a parade throughout the city centre and family fun in Wallace Park. There will be pre-parade entertainment in the city centre, followed by the spectacular parade and entertainment at Wallace Park from 12 noon until 5pm. From 12 noon until 2pm, there will be music and walkabout entertainment entertainers in Lisburn city centre. The Mers Carnival Parade sets off from the Island Arts Centre at 1pm and sweeps its way through Lisburn city centre via Queen Street, Linen Hall Street, Market Street, Market Place, Railway Street, 
Macherlave Road, Wallace Park, Belfast Road and Seymour Street before returning to Island Civic Centre via Queen's Road. So there will be plenty of opportunity for onlookers to capture the carnival magic as it passes through the streets. Just to be sure to select your viewing point early and allow extra time for some traffic disruption. The beautiful backdrop of Wallace Park will host the ever-popular Mers Family Fun Day from 12 noon to 5pm. Live music entertainment by groups and individuals will provide the soundtrack to the afternoon. A busy programme for families to enjoy will include lockdown superheroes and princesses, Phil's Farm, Bouncy Castles, Kitty's Rides, Face Paints and Hands-On Arts and Crafts Workshop, while adrenaline junkies can feel a rush of excitement with funfair rides and assault course activities. Car enthusiasts can get close to the cavalcade of retro cars, fire engines and tractors. Lord Mayor Councillor Paul Greenfield recently hosted a special event to celebrate the successful completion of the Uniting Communities Through Sport and Creativity programme by young people in Portadown and Lurgan. The programme is a headline action in the Executive's Together Building a United Community strategy, which uses sport and creativity to bring young people together and to build good relations within communities. Appointed by the Department for uh, Communities in February 2022, Scotch Street Youth and Community Centre, in partnership with Oasis Youth and Healthy Kids, have since worked with seven schools and five youth clubs to deliver sessions to around 400 young people of 20 nationalities. Young people from across Portadown and Lurgan were involved in three sets of 10-week programmes and a social action project raising £1,700 for the Craigavon Food Bank as well as creating Christmas treat hampers. The recent Craigavon Civic Centre event was an opportunity for participants, parents and partners to celebrate the young people's successful involvement in the programme. Awards and certificates were presented, highlighting their contributions and development. Department for Communities Deputy Secretary, Engaged Communities Group, Moira Doherty said, the key aim of this programme delivered by the Department for Communities is to bring together young people from across the community, provide opportunities to interact with each other, understand and learn about each other's background. Most importantly, build lasting friendships that will continue long into the future. Scotch Street Youth and Community Centre and their partners, Oasis and Health Kids, have fulfilled this brief with innovation and passion. There has been real focus and enthusiasm for building relationships between young people from the area, which was clear to see from all the smiling faces in the room tonight. Project manager Richie Smith added, We are hopeful that more programmes like these become available locally so that young people continue to improve their attitudes and develop a community where they can play an active role in building good relations. 
Lee Massey has had his guide dog Munro for three years now and is hoping more volunteers will come forward to help out his Armagh Tailblazers fundraising group as it moves to consolidate across Lurgan and Craigavon. Les, who is originally from Lisburn, moved to Portadown 20 years ago after getting married to Stephanie, who is from Tandragee. They have a 17-year-old son, Rhys. Since childhood, Les suffered from poor eyesight, but still managed to work in a warehouse until his vision became so bad he was unable to get up and down ladders or see products. When that happened and he sought medical advice, he was told there was little they could do to save his sight. And he decided, he said, to just get on with it. His dog, Monroe, who is aged five, is a lifeline for Les and helps him navigate the town so he can visit a restaurant, go to the supermarket and get some exercise. Monroe has been very much part of the family for three years. Les is coordinator of Arma Tailblazers fundraising group, which is coming off two of its most successful years ever, with a boost from a Charity of the Year partnership with former Lord Mayor Alderman Glenn Barr. There are five volunteers altogether, but Les believes with more help they could raise much more money for the training of guide dogs and help a lot more people live an independent life. The group is based in Portadown and covers a wide area, including Lurgan, Craigavon and Armagh City. Les explained that the group conducted street collections and there were also guide dog collection boxes on counters and shops across the area, as well as the large guide dog collection boxes in the bigger supermarkets, which all need emptied regularly, a job Les and his team carry out. They also have regular get-togethers, usually in the Asda Cafe in Portadown. The success of Glenn's fundraising efforts through events with the Armagh Tailblazers enabled the former mayor to raise enough money to name a puppy, Biscuit, who is currently being homed and given basic training by volunteer puppy raisers in Bangor. Also from this success, four golf clubs in the area linked in with Guide Dogs with Charity for the year partnerships. A Guide Dogs NI spokesperson said, without the work of the fundraising group or the generosity of the public, we wouldn't be able to create so many wonderful partnerships, such as Les and Munro. The Black Labrador Retriever Cross at Les' side was also a name a puppy. Munro was named by Guide Dogs staff member who is in charge of the fundraising group named Hillary's Hikers, who went to Everest Base Camp and raised enough money to name several puppies. We have now come to the end of our recording for this week. Our thanks to the team of volunteers who edited and recorded this week and to Mackles for collecting the Portadown Times and Lurgan Mail for us and to the Presbyterian Church for the use of the studio. Editing the, the news with me this week was William, who was also our technician. And reading with me this week were Carol, Roberta and Nathan. From the newsroom at the Old Man's, this is Patricia signing off. Thank you for spending time with us. All our good wishes for the week ahead. Our team will be back with you in four weeks' time. Please remember to return your wallet. Also, please note there will be no wallet next week because of the Easter weekend. Sound News is a Craigavon Talking Newspaper production. <laughs>